0: Hello today on the email marketing show. We're talking about nine psychological things that we do in every single email campaign to get better results, engagement and sales in our emails. Talking about engagement, one of the big things we're really looking for is to get people to click
1: on the links in our emails to go and look at our various offers or sales pages or funnels or webinars or whatever it is that you're sending people to. Because if you want to make more sales from your email, you've got to get people clicking on those links. And that's why we've put together a a new report with 12 really creative ways to help you get more clicks from every email that you send. In fact, from the very next email that you send in a new download that we're calling Click Tricks. It's yours totally free as, an, as a listener to this podcast. All you have to do is go to emailmarketingheroes.com forward slash tricks.
0: He gets annoyed by all of those little bits of paperwork and stickers and stuff that come in the box with everything you seem to buy these days. It's comedy hypnotist Robert Temple.
1: And he eats with his knife and fork the wrong way around. It's psychological mind reader, Kennedy.
0: Kennedy can get your head. Do you? Now, I, have you never noticed this before? Never. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've, I've, I've literally done it all my life.
1: All my life. And is that because poor training from your mum, or...?
0: Uh, I mean, I'm definitely going to blame it on the parents, 100%. Uh, when you not, say, the, way, when you say the wrong
1: way around, you mean in the wrong hands, not with the blunt ends.
0: No, <laughs> <laughs> oh, my feet.
1: <laughs> Uses a
0: knife and fork upside down. <laughs> it's really uncomfortable sitting on your own face. We're not even going to go there. We're not even going to go there. No, there's there's a line on this show. People don't think there is a line, but that is the We've line. We've just found it. <laughs> We've just sort of sniffed it and gone. Nah, mate. Nah, nah. Um, these bits of paperwork. So I know. Uh, recently, Amy doesn't know. I decided to take up a new hobby during. I think it was during lockdown, wasn't it?
1: Yeah.
0: When I decided, oh, I'm gonna. I'm going to need something else just to take my mind off from working all the time. So I took decided to figure out how to DJ, how to like mix songs together and all that sort of stuff. I'm not very good, but I am giving it a whirl. And yes, in the box was like a big sticker going, oh, you know, Serato. And it happens with Apple. They do it, don't they? They mm. put a little sticker saying, I mean, I've already got a big Apple on the back of my laptop. Where the fuck else am I supposed to put it?
1: Yeah, so I've just never wanted to stick things. They give you this beautiful. I mean, think about the design of like Apple stuff. They give you this beautiful yeah. machine that looks amazing, and then they want to have you stick a, like a FA Cup Premier League sticker on it. That's like you know, I have a shiny one. And then there's all the bits of paperwork. There's a guarantee and register your warranty over here, and do one of these, and don't forget the joy. Oh, do you not think
0: off. it's the same? It's the same thing as like people who get their um, their football uh, football club badge tattooed on the leg, and you go, "What the fuck have you done that? Yeah, exactly. So
1: I can't be asked those these (laughs) bits of paper and I've got to figure out where to put them because they must be important enough to be given to you. So now I want to know where to put them. Give me a digital version. We live in 2022. Where
0: are you going to stick that? On your desktop of your computer?
1: Yeah, or in like one of these note-taking systems I keep trying to learn
0: how to use. Ah, uh, okay. All right, lovely. So no more stickers for you, please. No. Anyway, hello. We are a stage hypnotist and a psychological mind reader turned email marketing geeks who give course creators, coaches, and membership site owners everything that you need to use psychology-driven email marketing to be the email marketing hero in your business. That means you get to make more sales more predictably in less time with a brand new episode every email marketing Wednesday. Indeed. Indeed. Yes, so make sure if you haven't already, did you just say indeed? I'm just
1: going to go with it now. What? I just wanted to catch you off guard.
0: I like the fact I'm, you went, well, fucking... hang on a minute, back up the <laughs> what, truck. What, what, what? There you go. Um, As you were. Uh. That's a little achievement. I had to find the button. I've got a little bit of paper here with what my buttons say because I can't <laughs> bloody remember. Uh, yeah, that's, that's about as good as we can. It sounds so slick, this. It's very professional. No, it does. Um. Anyway, uh, if you haven't already, please hit subscribe on your podcast player. Otherwise, you'll miss out on us cocking about, basically, and talking about email marketing each week. So. Hit subscribe if you're brand new to the show. Hello, welcome. It's really nice to have you with us. Actually, um, I want to just read out. People have been leaving some lovely reviews of the show on the podcast players. So we do read them out every now and again. I'm going to read one out. So if you haven't already, folks, do head over and leave us a review on Apple Podcast. I think Spotify lets you do it these days as well. It takes a minute to figure out how to do it. They haven't made it easy for the thing that they want us to do. But anyway, here is what Linz181 wrote from the uk on apple Podcasts. she said robin kennedy are two genius email marketers i think we could just stop there I learn and laugh so much when I listen to their podcast. They don't hold anything back like many podcasts do. Instead, delivering so much value to their listeners. If you're listening to this while walking, you'll need to write down notes when you get home. And if you're listening to it in public, be warned, you will burst out laughing and look a little weird. Well, thanks very much for that, Linz181. I think I know who that is. I think that's our friend Lindsay, isn't it? I think it is, From, yeah. Jammy, Di- from Jammy Digital. So thanks for that, uh, Listener. Dear, dear lovely listener. That was very lovely. So, So.
1: let's get into the episode then. We're going to be talking about nine incredible psychological things that we do in all of our email campaigns. In fact, in all of our email marketing generally that... Really helps to get more engagement, more sales, and all of that stuff. The very first one that we do, and there's nine of these, so we'll go through them as quickly as we can and try and not make you be here all day because we could talk for hours on all of these. And I suppose we do in other episodes. So uh, the first one is that we build beliefs. One of the things that I think is really interesting about us as humans is that we're just this big, complicated cocktail of thoughts, ideas, emotions, and all of that stuff. Kind of like fuels our beliefs and what we are and what we think and stuff. Like that's the reason. That's the reason. We were just t- chatting about it before we hit record. That's the reason that some people believe that we live on an Earth that is flat, and other, others of us believe that we live on an Earth that is a sphere, or whatever it is.
0: Uh, other of us, yeah, let, let, I mean, let's make a bold statement. Other of us, know it's a friggin' sphere. <laughs>
1: exactly, yeah. <laughs> but the reason, the of, reason yeah. that the people who think it's a flat earth believe it's a flat earth is because they've built beliefs, and that doesn't happen super fast. That happens slowly. That happens with stories and ideas and people making you question things and questioning authority mm-hmm. and all this other stuff, right? That doesn't happen just by saying, you know, if, if somebody just says something to you, you don't just instantly absorb it as a belief. A belief is something that has to be built, and most of us, spend our well, we all spend our entire lives building these beliefs about ourselves, and about the world, and about other people, and about things that go on. And then if somebody makes you question that belief, at first that's quite hard to question, because it's such a core belief, and over time you have to kind of deal with it. Now, you've got to realise that your subscribers already have beliefs, they already have beliefs about you, they already have beliefs about themselves, they already have beliefs about their business, they already have beliefs about marketing or whatever it is that you help them with in general and and the truth is that the minute that you come at them with something that might not be their current belief or might might jar with their current belief a little bit their defense mechanism their walls are going to be up a little bit and it's your mm. job to just not climb over the wall but slowly take the wall down to bring them over to your side of it
0: I saw a really good illustration that illustrated another way of thinking about this rather than just taking the wall down because that's the way I've often thought about it. But here's another really interesting way of thinking about it is you've got to imagine that you've got, you've got like a, you're standing on the edge of a cliff and there's another cliff opposite you and you could really do with a bridge. And it's like their beliefs are like half of the bridge that gets them halfway there. And then what you have to do is sort of build the bridge from the other side and go, "Oh yeah, this is this is the way. This is the way to do it." And I thought that was quite an interesting illustration of you sort of building on their beliefs you're not actually necessarily trying to change them. You're trying to make it so that people's beliefs actually contribute and build towards the outcome that you want them to have, really. The second thing... Yeah, Just on. very quickly on that, there's no quick fix to
1: this either. It's a thing that you have... No. Like, We can't give you the magic trick that does it. It's lots of little things, actually some of which we're going to cover in the rest of this episode, but, but largely it's lots of things that happen over time. It's lots of little breadcrumbs that you drop that eventually lead them to follow you on this trail and make everything make sense. And it's you, you see it with your subscribers when they hit reply and say, oh, that suddenly makes sense now. Typically what's happened there is they thought email marketing, for example, won't work for me because, and then they've got some belief about it. Sure. And after lots of hearing stories or case studies or just us literally saying the same thing in an email every single day, but in slightly different words, with slightly different illustrations, at some point they just think, "Ah." Oh, I get it. Or sometimes they might even have to try the thing, like, "Oh, well, I'll send an email, and I bet it won't work." And then they do send an email, and it does work, and they see with their own eyes that in their business, with their hands, with their fingers typing the words, it worked. And suddenly they now have that belief too. So again, it, it's a we
0: had some we thing. had somebody write to us about this, like, "Oh, I, I bought your uh, bottomless email strategy, didn't we?" Remember just a couple of weeks ago, and he was like, "I'm really pissed off because I thought, well, this is not never going to work. I've learned nothing new, nothing new, nothing new. But I'm going to give it a shot, and then give them it in the, give them." hell when it doesn't work and then he wrote to tell us this story and said but i'm really annoyed to tell you that it really did work i got more replies than i've ever had and i've made some sales so um it does take sometimes people getting a getting a taste for it and you can do that a bunch of ways there's loads of different ways of doing that from the way you structure your offer and all and price points and stuff like that the second thing that we have to do these days more than ever these days that's twice that's coming today I think it's because it was my birthday not that long ago, and I'm still getting over the fact that I'm 38 years old, decrepit. That's what I feel. Just, just so you know. Yeah. Anyway, um, yeah. <laughs> moving on. The thing that we have to do is we have to say something, and then we prove it. Now, so every time you make a statement, as much as possible, you want to be able to ask yourself. Why should they believe this? Say something, then prove it. Simple way of doing this. We often don't, we don't very often use photographs in our emails, but on the odd occasion we do to spice things up, we'll say, We were at this event, and then we might have a photo of the event. For example, we do that a lot in our welcome sequence, the getting to know you sequence. We, ha- we say, we well, did this thing, we we're at this event, and we'll have a photo of it. Because people these days are just super, super skeptical. So this is discounted. A great way of proving a discount is to also say, by the way, it's usually this price. Here's a link to the original sales page so you can see that. Make sure you come back and get the discounted price. So just we want to prove things along the way. Um, You might prove it by the actions that that you do, but also by the words that you say. It's one of the reasons back a few episodes ago we talked about not extending deadlines. You are proving to your list all the time. When you say the discount ends or the offer goes away on that day, prove it because that means next time when they see an offer from you that's expiring they'll know they're not just to be hearing not just be reading the word saying it's ending they know on that level that deep level that it really is going to go away because they've seen you prove it in the in the past so the next one is prove it. The next one is training readers to click on the links in your
1: emails. One of the things that we get a lot is that people come to us and say, hey, listen, I've got a list of a thousand people or 500 people or 10,000 people or whatever. And uh, they just nobody ever really opens or clicks on anything. Nobody's really ever paying very much attention. And the primary reason for that is that most people fall into the trap of building an email list, thinking their email list isn't big enough to make any sales from. And therefore there's no point in wasting your time sending emails or bothering them by sending them emails. And therefore I'll wait until my Number gets to some, my list gets to some magic number. I did this, we've talked about it before. But the key thing that we really have to do is we have to start emailing people as quickly as possible. As soon as they get on our list, we've got to start sending them stuff and we've got to start encouraging them to actually click on the links in our emails. We've got to get them into the belief, this is one of the beliefs we have to build, is that every time they click on something, it's going to take them somewhere fun, interesting, useful, engaging, entertaining, or whatever. And so what we're really looking to do with all of this is to make sure that we are always giving our people something to click on. So in every single email we send, I think without fail, there's something to click on, whether it's a direct call to action in the email itself, whether it's our super signature at the bottom that's got a few like a little menu of, of, of a few different things they might want to go and do. And this is so important, as we talked about before with click tricks. go to emailmarketingheroes.com forward slash tricks if you want to get a resource to help you with this, as we mentioned before getting people to click on your links is not only so important because it gets them to go and engage with the stuff and they can't buy from you without clicking on things, but also it really helps to boost your engagement in the algorithms. It really helps to Gmail to know that, oh, wow, this person's emails are good. People are paying attention to them because, of course, Gmail know when you're clicking on links and emails and you know that that person is engaged and therefore I can email them more. That person's less engaged. Maybe I need to do something to go and wake that person up. Maybe I need to give them a bit of a shake around and try and get them to start paying attention again. So from the very first email... You really, and we do this with our getting to know you sequence very heavily. If you go through our training on that, uh, our goal is always to make sure that within. You know, hours with minutes really of somebody joining your email list. You're constantly training them to click, giving them lots of different things to click on, getting them into the habit of it. Because if you're training, if you're not training them to click, you're training them out of it. You're going to become one of those emails, and you will be subscribed to people that you do this for, where you have you can't be bothered to unsubscribe, and you want to stay on their list in case there's something interesting in the future. But actually, what you do most of the time is you just go down, and either just read the email to mark it as unread, or. It or and or instantly folder it but you don't actually go oh, I'll go and investigate what that thing is you don't want to become that business
0: owner Definitely not, definitely not. Next, you want to make sure people feel included. And the way you do that, a really simple way, is by making them not feel excluded. There's nothing worse than if you feel like you've got to something late, everyone's talking about stuff and referencing stuff that you don't understand. It's an immediate way of disengaging people. So the way you, a really simple trick to use to make sure you don't let people feel excluded is to not back reference previous emails that you've sent. If you say, the other day or just yesterday, I emailed you about the three ways to do this, today I'm gonna show you how to. The problem with that is if the person didn't read that email, didn't receive that email, wasn't on your list at that point, for whatever reason, if they didn't consume that bit of content, or if they did and they don't remember it, and they remember all the details, because they're busy, they read your email in a couple of minutes, and they don't remember every single word you typed because it's not as important to them as it is to you remember, if any of those things happen, then what happens is immediately the email they're currently reading is very difficult for them to engage with. It's very difficult for them to get full value out of without having that sort of, that pang in the back of their head that, did I remember yesterday's thing? Do I remember all the details? They can't consume it. Each email should be self-contained, but it can, of course, future reference it can forward pace it can say in tomorrow's email i'm going to do this and next week i'm going to show you that that's that's another great psychological thing called an open loop right so that's it that's your next one an open loop so don't back reference because that disengages people but you want to forward reference what's called an open loop by teasing the future because if they're here today the good news is they can be around in the future and that and what you want to do with your emails is encourage people to keep reading to keep consuming that bit of content so don't don't back reference but do future pace
1: One of the things that you really want to do is to make sure that your emails have a really, really solid thread to them. Your email campaigns actually take somebody on a journey. If you think about your favorite Netflix uh, series, so, for example, back in the day, not that it's on Netflix, but back in the day, Kennedy and I were obsessed with the brilliant show The Mentalist, right, starring uh, the Mm. inimitable Patrick Jane was the character, and he had to go out and solve, uh, solve crimes and that by using... Basically, the same skills Kennedy uses on stage to tell people what star sign they are. Uh, so he would go out and
0: he would. <laughs> <laughs> I love you, just trivialized 18 years of my life. <laughs> So you know, no biggie. But my art, my entire art, is breaking.
1: N- no biggie, but the, the the fictional Patrick Jane would go out and use the same skills to solve crimes and put people in jail. In that, and there were two bits to it. One was every single episode had it pretty much had its own storyline. So every episode he would be going out and he'd catch a particular criminal in a particularly cool way. But over the course of an entire series, you would also watch his journey and his journey to find the man, hunt down the man who killed his wife and daughter. That was the kind of like the big. Three that actually lasted not only over one season but over all of the seasons four or five seasons and what's actually happening with that is you're creating a, a journey where the email takes them from beginning to the, the campaign takes them from beginning to end but each email makes sense on its own because again we don't get 100% open rates not everybody's reading every email in the same way if, if you skipped an episode of The Mentalist you'd be fine like you'd still pick it up you'd have just missed an episode you'd still track everything that was happening over the general arc of that story
0: what was really interesting about The Mentalist, as, as, as another illustration of why this is important to have an arc across the whole campaign, like a whole theme for the whole thing, is in The Mentalist, eventually, spoiler alert if you plan on seeing it, definitely don't listen to this bit, but they catch or they figure out who the main overarching baddie is, who he was called red john i think is that right um it's been a long time now um so they they catch him they find him but then there's another half a season or another full season and that's when the mentalist got cancelled because it didn't work anymore there was no tension there was nothing holding it together the characters and in our businesses that's you that's me that's rob the characters are not enough to hold it together what you teach as a broad thing is not enough to hold it together you have to have an overarching thing for that thing for for that for that campaign in order to hold it together because as soon as that's over it can all you literally lose the plot so you can think of all of the
1: campaigns for example that we put inside of the league which there are like more than 30 of now if you think about all those campaigns each one of them is like a series there's the black widow That's the campaign, not the TV show. Uh, There is the Overture (laughs) campaign. There's the Golden Cloak campaign. There's the Daisy Chain campaign. All of those campaigns are kind of like a season of your favorite show. And each of the emails in those campaigns is kind of like an episode of your favorite show. And so they have sort of different functions, but they work together. The campaign is to take somebody on a journey from beginning to end. The email is to give them one little bite, one little nudge, one little flick forward towards coming and actually buying from you. And that's how we create all of our campaigns in order to create consistency, Across an entire campaign, where people feel like they're actually going somewhere, but also variety because it feels like each and every single email is, uh, you know, is its own thing and is
0: varied. Absolutely. The next thing we want to do is make sure we have something called singularity. Singularity we call it that because we can't quite say the word singularity and that is that each campaign should lead to one single thing an ultimate destination we've talked in the past about this idea of things of everything leading to rome of you having a rome in your business and that is one product or one service that everything leads to and that's great but within one campaign you might have a different way into rome let me explain a bit more so that's not as abstract. So you might, I'll give you an example of our business so you can just sort of see behind the scenes a little bit. So in our business, everything ultimately leads to our membership, the League, as you know. So there's different ways into the League. So the League is our Rome, that's great. But within a campaign, let's say we've got a, a $1 trial campaign, right, for a membership, great. Within that entire campaign, everything is leading to the $1 trial. And that $1 trial leads into the Rome, which is the League. Whereas the next campaign might be that it's got an additional bonus. So your second campaign after the $1 trial campaign might be the bonus campaign. We've got a couple of campaigns that use a bonus. We've got the uh, Golden Clerk. We've got the Bribe campaign. We've We've got a bunch of them. And let's say you're using a bonus campaign. Everything in that campaign is sending people to the bonus offer. It's sending to the sales page. That page, that check that checkout page, that shopping cart, where they can get the bonus. But it all ultimately leads to the membership but within that one campaign the constant is that there is this one thing it's always that whole campaign is always leading to the to the one dollar trial and the next campaign is always leading to the bonus you do not want to be confusing the minds of your readers by email one going oh get a one dollar trial oh that didn't work today and we'll see this all the time and then email two oh what about if i give you this extra bonus whoa 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 You're just wasting emails here. Yes, within a launch, you can stack up things. Of course, we're not saying you can't do that. But a single campaign needs to all have this singularity. It needs to have this one single thing. By doing that, you create focus. You allow yourself and your readers to create comprehension, understanding, desire for that thing. And that creates this level of understanding, right? A confused mind can't do anything, right? So singularity, really important. Next, you want to make your emails valuable in their own
1: right. This is something that we harp on about all of the time. And you might think, why is that a psychological thing? Well, what we're doing is we're creating a kind of hook, if you like, into our subscribers' minds where they actually want to go and dig out the emails that we're sending them every day because they want this to be an important part of their life. If you've ever like listened, you know, maybe somebody's told you to go and, go and listen to a podcast or watch a particular YouTube channel and they're raving about it. It's my favorite thing. Go and check it out. You're going to absolutely love this. This dude or this woman yeah go and check it out and then you go and listen to it and you're just not really that interested like you go, I just don't really get it i'm not I'm going to stop paying attention w- that's we need to make sure that people are people read our emails because people recommend them people forward them and when they come and check them out they also like them too because again you don't just want somebody to go and tune into you know the odd email every now and then you want them to pay attention all the time you want them to actually be there or unsubscribe and come back when it's time that's the thing recently somebody got in touch and said I finally joined the league um I've taken ages over it and for the last few years I've been subscribing to you for a bit and then unsubscribing for a bit and then subscribing for a bit and then unsubscribing for a bit I think she almost thought we might be offended by the fact that this was the case she remember I'm glad you are persistent I mean we weren't persistent we just email every day and she she hopped in and out um I'm glad you are persistent I've, you finally got me over the line I'm in I'm in I'm dead excited and the thing about that is that that only happens that that's going to happen and you'd rather have somebody unsubscribe than be on your list and stop paying attention and then come back when it's time for them. So you want to send emails that people feel like they're kind of hooked into. They want to pay attention. They'll be reading your emails even when they're not thinking of buying from you. And that's really key, right? You might think, well, I only want people who are thinking of buying from me. No, no. You want people who enjoy reading your emails and one day might think about buying from you. That's totally fine. The time won't always be right for everybody. There'll be people listening to this podcast right now who took a while before they joined the league, people who never joined the league, people who haven't yet but are going to. All different types of people but we're going to be here and make the podcast useful interesting and entertaining for as long as it takes for that each person to decide it's their go emails need to do the same thing they're not just a sales mechanism they're a content mechanism that sells if you want our like big approach to this go and make sure you listen to it's episode 121 which is called how to make your email marketing less boring you can get there by going to emailmarketingheroes.com forward slash boring that will forward you right over to listen to that episode
0: the next one is really about making sure that that you have a ha- like people have this habit of reading our emails. Right, here's the thing: there's a lot of people popping up who are sort of generic marketing folk right? They're teaching social media or email marketing or copywriting and they'll do like a little snippet of content about psychological methods and that's lovely and those little tactics are fine but they are little individual hundreds and thousands on the top of the cake and think about if you put one of those little sprinkles a single grain of sprinkle on the top of a cake it is never going to affect much about the flavor or the texture of the cake and that's what those tactics are like the truth is what we what you need as two people who use genuine psychology in every performance that we've done for more than 18 years is you need strategic persuasion strategic psychology strategic ethical influence skills in your in your marketing and that's what That's what we give you, right? And one of the things you need to do, and what the good news is, the strategic stuff is easier to do than having a gazillion little tactical things that you're supposed to try and include. Say this word, not this word. Those things are fine. But the things that are going to really move are the less sexy things which are easier to do. And this is one of them. If you email... Regularly, And I'm talking, if you do email daily, the way that we do, that could be five days a week or seven days a week. But if you're able to do that, and as you know, we've got programs about how to do that and making it easy, and that's fine. But the great news about doing that is you become a habit. The only reason that you remember to brush your teeth morning and night is because you do it every single day, twice a day. And it is also linked to another thing, getting out of bed just before you go to bed. So if your emails are showing up every single day, it's easier for you to get into the habit of doing it, of course, but for your readers, it is easier to remember to check your email, to read your emails. By being daily, That is a strategic level piece of influence that that links to an existing behavior. As we said before, you want to build on behaviors, you want to build on habits. And if you are doing that with the delivery and the, and the frequency of your emails, that's when people start to pay attention. That's when you become ingrained in someone's life to the point that they decide to buy from you and you don't need to you know, put 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 a kind of a spell on them and hypnotize them and use those silly clever tactical things in order to put a whammy on them to get them to to buy. If you use the strategic level thing of building on their habits.
1: And the last one is to create urgency. This is something, again, that we do in all of our campaigns because we need people to actually take action. Now, that could be two things. That could either be buying from you. Sure, we want to make it urgent and, and and make people want to go and buy now because it's urgent. But we also need to make it urgent for them to pay attention now. Urgency is not just about getting people to go and click the buy now button and put their their credit card details in. It's also about getting them to attend the webinar, watch this video, look at the offer. Like, again, the first step to buying something is actually just to go and look at what the offer is, is to click the link and go and look at something. And so you want to make sure that you're using urgency. Sure, you know, this offer is closing, the price is going up, the bonus is going away. That stuff's all good, and we do that use that in a lot of campaigns because you do have to have a reason for somebody to buy now. But besides that, you also want to build urgency into the marketing that you're doing. So the fact that you're doing this live webinar, for example, or if it's an evergreen webinar, the fact that registration is closing and it's, you've got some evergreenness on it, which is something we've done, Um, That means that people have to go and watch that thing now. They have to pay attention now. They have to look at the offer now. So again, urgency is not just about getting people to buy. It's also about getting people to pay attention. And again, that keeps them engaged. That's more likely to keep them opening your emails on a daily basis, for example, because they don't want to miss out on not the offer, but like seeing the next video, the next thing you've got going on. Again, we've done an episode on a few different types of urgency that you might want to use. If you go to emailmarketingheroes.com forward slash urgency, you'll be able to check that out.
0: Wow, I mean, there's so many different things there. Hopefully you can see there's a bunch of things that you could just apply in a strategic level in Every email that you send and every campaign that you put together that makes them super effective. These are things that we hardwire into every single campaign that we run and every single campaign that we teach you inside of the league. If you're not a member of the league yet and you're thinking, actually, I should go and check out some of these 30-plus campaigns, and we even give you something called the SVVC framework, which is the framework that every one of our campaigns is built on. You can go and check that out over at theleagemembership.com. The leaguemembership.com. See you, everything that we do inside the league and hop on in. But now it's time for this week's. Subject, subject, line, line of the, the week, subject, line of the, of the week.
1: week. Rob. This one is, what's that smell question mark? What's that is all in lowercase, and the word smell is in uppercase. Um, it's an interesting thing because it obviously has inbuilt curiosity to it because people want to know, you know, what's the smell, where is the smell, Etc. cetera. Um, is it you that smells? Is it is somebody else that smells? Is it a thing that smells? Is it a place that smells? But also just, and again, this is something we've talked about before, this idea of um, putting a, an odd word into uppercase. If you were, to, generally speaking, if you were to like... Uh, proclaim that out loud in a room like if you're in a a lift and somebody smells a bit you're likely to go what's that smell like that's where you tend to put the emphasis so what this does is it sort of changes the emphasis around from where it would normally be and if you think about it there's three words there it could be what's that smell it could be what's that smell and it could be what's that smell you can change where the emphasis goes and over time it's worth trying emphasis by putting in uh, capital letters on different words in a sentence uh, just to kind of see what happens an interesting split test on this would have been i didn't do it but it would have been to test uh, a different word in uppercase so maybe you want to test that feel free to steal it uh, if you've got a story that's relevant so that's
0: what's that smell That's Rob playing with his emphasis on the podcast this week. Lovely, that's this week's subject subject line line of of the week. week. Subject line of of the week. week. Thank you so much for listening to the whole show this week. It really means the world to Rob and I that you did that. If you haven't already, make sure you hit the subscribe button on your podcast player. And while you're there, it would be amazing if you would leave us a little review on apple Podcasts or spotify or wherever we might read it out on the show and it really helps us to reach more people that's it for this week we're back next week with a brand new episode see you then